Hello everyone and welcome to episode 3 of the official New Japan Pro Wrestling English podcast. My name is Chris Charlton and alongside me back from the wilds of Australia is Michael Craven. Hello Chris, how are you? I'm doing good, I'm doing very well. How is Australia? Um, I'd like to thank everybody I met when I was in Australia. I did two radio programs, six different podcasts and had an amazing adventure. Wonderful, wonderful. We had an adventure trying to get this this podcast fully established in the world of the internet. But it's now, it's there. Are we on iTunes yet? We are almost... Almost. <laughs> almost certainly on iTunes. By the time you listen to this, you'll probably download it from iTunes. Or Spotify, even, for the people that stream things. What's Spotify? Um, it's like, it's a music thing. You, you, you get, you, you pay a subscription or you get it for free. And then it's just, it, you get to listen to music, but not the music that you want. So Spotify is making money on this podcast, but we're not. I think we're making like a fraction of a fraction of the end. All right. <laughs> that makes sense. Should, uh, like YouTube then. Right, right. But also me personally is not making a fraction of a fraction of the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're being paid in fame. Right. Yes, of course. I'm being paid in exposure, which is the the currency of the new millennium, isn't it? Well, it reminds me of one of my favorite people that I know. He says that he takes eighty percent cut of the of the salary of somebody, plus another ten percent to give to the company. But they get ten percent in fame. It's a pretty good deal. The company gets ten percent in fame. No, the one talent will get ten percent in fame. Ten percent of of ten percent. <laughs> so you got one. <laughs> not getting very much actually right, right, right. it's just a joke that we have about this one person but right 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 I so love the person to death no speculation is it Mr. GC no <laughs> <laughs> it's safe for me to laugh about Gino Campino because he's not he's not here is he nah he, I think he's back in Australia right Gino was very cordial on our episode last week oh really surprisingly so huh surprisingly so we got we got on quite we got on quite well, but I think like... Did Valor show up? He did not. Why? Which was extremely fortunate on, ah. on my part. I think Gino was was able to sort of say, take it easy, big man. But like if if I was going to start causing trouble, if I asked the wrong questions... Yeah. Then, uh, yeah, the, the rogue general would have, uh, would have shown up and barged in. But then again, I was very smart with, with where we did the podcast because it was in a very small... Very, very small area in the backstage of like the Fukuoka Koksai Center. Where was it? It was like, it was in this little kitchenette. Oh, God. <laughs> because there's no, there's no quiet place. Like, okay, we're going to do a podcast backstage about, you know, one hour before a New Japan event, you know. So, uh, yeah, there's very few quiet areas, but we have well, a nice cozy kitchenette. It's kind of like this office. It's very hard to find a quiet space. Right. Yeah, we're high we with activity right now with Best of Super Juniors. And lots of things. When you were gone in Australia, everything in the office was very hectic. You know, because yeah, two guys, I heard. So, so Flip Gordon couldn't make the trip, sadly. Um, and Desperado. <laughs> One thing like that, that maybe, uh, you know, that we appreciate the fighting spirit in New Japan Pro Wrestling. But, yes. Uh, taking a death match with Jin Kasai, like... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> right before Best of the Super Juniors starts. 
and and certainly a broken jaw on the part of El Desperado. Well, if you remember last uh, two weeks ago, yeah, my pick for best super juniors was Robbie Eagles. Yeah, and I happened to see have a chance to see Robbie Eagles wrestle live in Australia, mm. which was just outstanding. Mm. But when I was backstage, I was thinking, what should I say to Robbie? Should I say, let's wrap you up in bubble paper so you don't get hurt You're before right. Best of Super Juniors? Or should I just say, Robbie, we've got to call off the match? Yeah. But then I realized that Robbie's so over that there would probably be a riot yeah. if that happened. Yeah. And it's not, it's not just that. You know what I mean? When we have, when you have like people come from outside a promotion, that it's a, it's an immense honor for them to be called. Yes. Into best of the super juniors. You know yes. what I mean? It is like the, the pinnacle of your weight class. And, and it, it's, uh, you know, I mean, Gino made reference to it when we were talking to him last week of like getting the stamp of approval, like the, the blue check yes. on Twitter. You know, it's, it's a, a similar kind of thing to be called into best of the super juniors. And that's because, you know, New Japan calls those people because of the work that they put in yes. around the world, you know. And so it, it doesn't make sense to them to say, well, don't do this. But then you have guys like El Fantasmo, who did a ladder match with David Starr in RevPro, won the Cruiserweight Championship. Yes. And then hopped on a plane <laughs> and got to Zendai. Well, Robbie essentially the same. He was in a, in a match in Australia. And Robbie is one of ours long term. And I really appreciate his talent. But I was scared that he was going to get hurt. Well, I mean, somebody of Robbie Eagle's caliber, you know, you kind of hope that, or you kind of think that he's... No, he, he's, right? he's very great in the ring. Yeah. Um, outstanding. Like I said, he's still my pick to win. Yeah, well, I mean, doing... Well, we're uh, recording this... Uh, what, we're about two hours away from night one, two, three, four. And so this will be Robbie Eagle's second match, right? And he better not lose because he better not prove me wrong. Right. Well, beat Rocky Romero. So, you know, my boy, Rocky Romero. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you know, my compatriot, you know, on, on, not compatriot, but colleague on, on commentary. So, you know, me, Kevin and I and, and Caprice as well this week rooting for Rocky Romero, but couldn't get it done. But uh, Rocky, Rocky was great. I didn't see the match. You forget how good he is because he's taken like he's willingly worked with these younger talents well and you forget the fact that he's not it's not a case of like oh you've still got it because like when when would you ever lose it you why know? would you chant that though for for rocky Rock? no i mean no nobody did but yeah, I of mean, course you you get the thing you know because i think he he has been on commentary yeah. And he has been the sort of player coach and like, you know, working with Sho and Yo and, um, you know, being in these multi-man matches, you know, he hasn't had a singles match in New Japan for, for so, so long that you kind of forgot until he got in the, you know, I almost forgot until he got in the ring of like, oh, how good is Rocky Romero? Well, before we talk about how good his new music, entrance music is, let's look back though at Rocky's career. He started off in the LA dojo. Yeah. He was, he was getting chops from Inoki-san. Yeah, right. When he was training, or right. at least that's what I've heard. Um, he was getting beaten up by Inoki, and then like this was in the era of Antonio Inoki laying hands. You know, he's got a yeah. wonderful. I, you know, at some point, Rocky Romero would do this podcast, and then we can get into tell the story of like Inoki laying hands on. You're kidding? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, I haven't heard that one. Oh, I heard about the chops. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I heard about celebrities dropping by the old LA dojo just at random just times to just to beat them up yeah <laughs> and see but that was the the thing that he's told me of like it's almost like all of that stuff 
comes in by osmosis then, you know, yeah. of being, being up in that dojo. And like, you think the people that, that came through there, you know, the, he was in the same class with like guys like Samoa Joe or Brian Danielson, um, what Carl Anderson, Prince Devitt was there at yes. the time. Um, you know, Shinsuke, of course, and, uh, Lyoto Machida, you know, oh, wow. who went on to be, you know, be the, the great star in the UFC. So, yes. I mean, there's a lot there learning by osmosis and like you know i mean he's so well traveled and it's, it's learned so much and it's taught so much and you see that with like yes. showing you up as well right and um yeah i don't know i i was talking to people around here like the last few days everybody has been oh my god like show at the moment owen two Yes. Not the best track records. <laughs> but, you know, he kind of got the, the draw of death, right? Because, yeah. like, you, you look at that and it's like, match one, Shingo. Nobody's beaten Shingo. No. <laughs> and match two, Dragon Lee. So you've gone straight from, like, the guy that's that's nobody's beaten. Well, I hate to say it. I'm not really allowed to say this, but isn't Shingo on the heavy side of the juniors? I, I can he, see him going made to the G1 possibly after he made weight. Super Juniors. He there's made a, weight. I mean, there's there's people in there where you, there's a few people in there where you go, couldn't he do both? Maybe, you know. And yeah, Brody King. <clears throat> Brody King's not in the tournament, right? No, but I know. He's it, around, though. He's on there, yeah. Um, but, you know, Will Osprey as well. Right? Very true. No, and I think we talked about it before, right? Nobody's done it in the same calendar year, yeah. right? Uh, Milano went from one year to the next and so did Prince Devitt he went from one year to the next but like nobody's done um, New Japan Cup Best of the Super Juniors and G1 all in the space of the same 12 months um, you know Will Ospreay could do it I'm sure he wants to do it that's why you know there was an interview that went up with him right where he's like I want one belt in one hand one belt in the other hand that would um, be amazing actually yeah however that would deny my pick winning the Best of the Super uh, Juniors Eagles, right? <laughs> winning the Best of the Super Juniors but I think um yeah, you know, Robbie Eagles won the debutants. Like, there's now six debutants. Right? Yeah. Because Flip Gordon was going to debut, couldn't make it. So Ren Narita took his place. Yes. I mean, Ren Narita is like, obviously, he's a, he's a debutant. And um, then you had, in place of El Desperado, you had Doki, who that was, you know, when the, the first... Then, then he comes out yeah. like, who? <laughs> well, I was in Australia following mm. her Twitter and it's like, who? Yeah. It was my exact words. And they're like, yeah. is El Desperado wearing a different mask? Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's kind of a, a, I don't know, there's kind of a, a similarity, you know. Yeah. Doki was calling uh, Desperado El, you know, no, Taiji was El Jefe. Like, yeah. but, uh, Desperado, you know, but the Nihamano, you know, like that kind mm. of thing. Um there's, I don't know, we're, we're finding everything out with Doki match by match. You know, yes. I, I think like there was a few little bits, you know, and, and when I saw this, I was like, okay, well, first of all, I have to tear up my notes that I'd made for <laughs> Desperado and then go out and see what we can see for Doki, which was very limited, you know, because he did, um, Torimon in Mexico was his in, and then he worked around the Mexican Indies. And then came bit by bit. So he he wrestled in Kaintai Dojo and a little bit of Michinoku Pro. Yes. And, you know, obviously those aren't anywhere near the visibility of, of, course, the, of, of the New Japan. So like there's, there's, there was video there 
that it was kind of old. It was like yeah. a bit, you know, smaller places. And so it was very difficult to figure out, you know, how to, how's this guy going to translate? There's a little bit of El Desperado. I can see the link yeah. in there. And you see the... Well, it could be Despi in disguise. No. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Unless he's uh, managed to wire his drawer shut and managed to keep going, which <laughs> probably still isn't very smart. But um, I think you see the Tai Chi in him. Yes. And... Um, in just the sort of viciousness and but you you see something really very different and like i think that's what's really interesting about well even though he's not in best of super juniors you just touched base with tai chi i'm actually surprised how more vicious this past few months tai chi's become he seems more ruthless more focused yeah maybe i think you know i think he wants like the the ishi match and then you know he's when you see the buttons pushed in tai chi of like you know, I have a specific chip in my shoulder for this particular reason. Then you see him move in a certain way. I think like Doki, like this massive chip on the shoulder yeah. and like, you're reading what he said to, you know, to the, the websites here of, of like the idea of the new Japan system, the system that we have here where, yes. okay, you get, it's, you know, an extremely tough demanding system, extremely rigorous. But at the same time, Doki's point is, well, you've got a roof over your head. Yeah. You've got meals every day. And yet here was Doki at age 18, straight out of high school, went on his own all the way to Mexico. Didn't know anybody, didn't know anything. Like Milano collection hooked him up with Tai Chi. Yes. And that was it, you know. And, and so from there, like 10 years in you know really sort of fighting for every meal that he had um that's a that's a really sort of interesting story but it's not a rags to riches thing it's like him going no i want to like tear down everything and that sort of made him this this interesting character sounds like doki has a new fan yeah i know i'm 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 a a fan of doki and i'm i'm a fan of show like the show has been you know it, it sounds cheesy but like show stealer yes for sure you know, and he's one of those. I think when we were sitting at ringside at Sendai, and you know, he's got his new entrance music now to yeah. show. And I haven't just, heard it yet. So, oh no, really? Like I said, I'm going to be watching. I'm going to be catching up probably tonight, tomorrow. Yeah, I just got back from Australia. I'm going to be catching up on all the shows that I missed. Yeah, um, but, but you sort of hear that, and it. it I mean, entrance entrances are part of the package of course of course but they're um important in a way because you know the work gets done in the ring yeah but you know you when you can equate music to a certain guy you know and, and you sort of imagine the moments that come along with well, it just the first few bars of a song that's when you i know. know i mean it was you know to maybe we can't reference other companies, but yeah. like when you hear a certain glass break or you hear a certain guitar squeal, like for an American fan or for like for fans here, you know, I mean, when that coin drops and a card comes yeah. out, you know, it's like, ah, oh, that's kind of iconic. And it's the, the, the sort of, he's got like a chip tune riff now. And it's like, oh, I can imagine that music playing when he wins. The, I even I get it. Maybe not even the junior heavyweight title, but the, the heavyweight championship. A good song, so critical. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of some of the good songs we have right now. God's new song, for example, 
Rocky's new song. Yeah. It's, it's amazingly catchy, Rocky's new song. Yeah, Rocky's got, yeah, it he's gets got in your head right, and you just yeah. can't get out of your head. Yeah, yeah, these exactly, are, exactly. These are good songs. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, the show's been tremendous. And I think, like, he's, I've said it for a while. And, like, you know, Shingo is my pick for Best of the Super Juniors. And, you know, Kevin will laugh at me and say, I've got a man crush on Shingo Takagi. But, <laughs> yo, well, I think you've got a man crush on Doki now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, if, if like, right now belongs to Shingo, like, the future is is all on show. But that makes me think, oh, where, where is, is Yo going to compete in that yeah. scenario as, as well? Like, um, and that's something interesting done, right? Is it like Sho said he kind of thinks about, he's constantly thinking of ways to further himself. Whereas like Yo is thinking of ways to further the team. Sho, Jay White, Renrita, further down the road. Yes. Sho to Umino. Oh, yes. Um, these sort of guys that are at the beginning of their journeys almost or coming into their prime now. And then like you look at someone like Okada who is at the very top and yet he's still only 31, right? Hiromu, when he comes back, is going to be at the top or of very, course. very top and he's only what 30 years old barely 30 right there's all of these guys that would be you know i think when the history books get written in japan we would talk about these guys as being the the cornerstones of reiwa prolis oh reiwa era the reiwa new era the new era coming now well like, i was born a showa Yes, I Showa Yonju Q. Okay. Were you born? So, so uh, Showa 49. Showa Goju Hachi, 83. Oh, you're so young. Yeah. So, yeah, to explain, <laughs> like, I think a lot of, like, you know, it would come out on social media. Well, let's, like, let's this use is this the as last show of Heisei. This is the first show of Heisei. And everybody would go, what's. So, this month, what? instead of, sorry, this week, instead of having a word of the week, mm. let's explain something that's a, an important concept in Japan mm. the years. Yeah. And how to understand the years. Yeah. So, before we go into talking more about the different eras, why don't you explain about the different eras and how years are measured in, Jap- in Japan? Well, I mean, like, we still in Japan use traditional years, right? But there's also, um, depending on who you're talking to, what's written where, especially when you're having to write formal applications, of course, like that, then you don't necessarily use the, the, the Roman calendar or the traditional, you know, whatever you call it, the, the common era that we use now. Um, but instead, like we talk about the eras in terms of who is the Japanese emperor at the time. So, for example, I'm born in Showa 49. What does that mean? Showa 49 was like, so Showa was the era of Hirohito, right? Yes. So, like, he was the emperor from, God, let's do the math, 1920 something or other. Something, yeah. He was yeah. the wartime through, emperor. Yeah, through the, the war and then, you know, on past that under the, the new constitution and blah, blah, blah. So then Hirohito passes away and then the next era comes in. And like, so it's not that 
Hirohito was the, the emperor, but the era was called Showa, right? So, so it's called Showa because the first year of his reign is when Showa I started. Yeah. And the final year of his reign is when Showa ended. And then the next emperor, the Heisei era begins. Yeah. And we go back to year one again. Yeah, exactly. That's right. And so the, the, the Heisei emperor, did, like he abdicated. Yes. And now we have a new emperor. So we've started from Reiwa. So it's not... The, some people might get confused and think like that the name of the emperor is the name of the era. No, that's no, no, not, no, no. That's not quite right, right? There's a whole, uh, you process. Know, it's, yeah, right. And, um, you know, it's, it's very political, perhaps. And that's probably one thing we probably don't want to be on the scope yes. of a pro wrestling podcast. But, um, yeah, so we've, we've settled on like, uh, Lewa, which has, you know, it's a little bit ambiguous in the meaning. So like lots of people yes. are talking about what that might mean. Again, that's not, Within our, <laughs> our scope of well, grades. Well, the Japanese accent is quite interesting because R and L is very difficult for Japanese. Mm. So I was really surprised yeah. they chose an R sound. Mm. But it was very, um, it was confusing, I think, as well to some of the, the foreign journalists. Yes. That were covering at the time, at the time. Well, it's like karaoke, because the, karaoke, reiwa. Uh, yeah. Well, I think as well, like the official definition. Yes. You know, the official translation didn't get out until later. Because yes. I think as well, there was like ambiguity because there's so many, so much ambiguity within the characters, right? There's so many ways that you could read yes. it. And so that was one of the, the news stories at the time where like a lot of it, you can read very, well, very, very negatively, right? And so people were sort of writing these think pieces mm. <laughs> in the negative. And then so then the official translation, no, 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 it means this other thing, right? It means beautiful harmony. But like a lot of like, the foreign journalists that just heard Reiwa yes. and didn't see the characters because like Rei, even like the kanji is very close, right? They could be like, as in like cooling something. <laughs> so it's a lot of people thought, ah, oh, cool Japan. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I remember hearing that. Yeah. So that, that wasn't, uh, that wasn't quite the case, but so um, let's go back to Showa very mm. quickly. So every new Japan has now had three different eras mm. and I, let's just start off the beginning of Showa. Uh, I I recall the first big feud was Tagajit Singh versus Inoki. Mm. But at that time, Inoki wasn't alone because he had Seiji Sakaguchi and Strong Kobayashi. Mm. Well, Strong Kobayashi was interesting because he was like the first invader yes. from another like company, right? From uh, IWE, which was like a... That is a whole topic onto itself. But like IWE was a, a tremendously innovative uh, product at, at the time, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the, when we talk about wrestling in Japan, we very often like lots of people talk about Showa products. Yes. Like the Showa era of wrestling and the Heisei era of wrestling, they have very different feels. Well, the mentality of Japanese was a lot different at that time also too, because yeah. after being defeated in the war, the yen was stuck at $1 equal 360 yen. Wow. And the currency had just changed into a floating currency finally. Yeah. So a lot of Japanese would live vicariously through wrestlers. Yeah, oh well, yeah. I mean, that was literally all it was. You would go to a wrestling car, it would be Japanese guy, foreign guy, Japanese yes. guy, foreign guy, Japanese guy, foreign guy. And so like, and it would make, yeah, I mean, Ricky Dozan versus the Destroyer, right? In what, 60, 65, 66, oh, maybe? Oh God, that's... 83% share, right? On TV. Yes, that, that's like 83% of houses in, in, in this country that had a television set. 
we're watching that match, right? Yes. And so, uh, it, but I mean, there was a lot of sort of national identity and finding the national identity again. But you saw, because the Shoah era was kind of long, you saw it like a transition in during well, that. New Japan, uh, Inoki literally picked up the baton that Ricky Dozan had left. Yeah. In, I couldn't in, say it was really passed. I'd say it was more just picked up. Mm, I mean, in once in different senses, right? Because yes. you're know, one of those sort of initial sort of interesting rivalries in, in New Japan. It was something that, that, um, I was watching recently on, on world was like Kintaro Oki, mm. right? And like Oki, who had, who was a Korean guy. Yes. And like so devoted to Ricky Dozan that he, made the trip by himself. He'd like stowed away on a fishing boat to get to Japan, got arrested on site. <laughs> and then when he got out of jail, Ricky Dozan heard about him, trained him or whatever. And so um him and Inoki were kind of tight. But when Inoki then left after Ricky Dozan died, you know, a few years after he died and then started New Japan, like Oki came into New Japan with this thing of like your you know, I, I'm, you're supposed to be devoted to Ricky Dozan yes. and, and JWA, but yet here is, this is new Japan pro wrestling. Like you're erasing what yes. had come before. So there was that sort of interesting, you know, I think there was like lots of loyalty in that era. And like one of the themes of like Showa wrestling was kind of bitterness a little bit hmm. in a sense. But loyalty is something that I've noticed with our company. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, with yeah. New Japan, uh, loyalty with our partners, no matter what. Um, when we make a partnership with somebody, we're incredibly loyal. Yeah. Um, we don't break relationships very easy. Mm. So it's very, very much a national characteristic of Japanese. Mm, mm. But I think as well, like this, this but kind the of thing. You're mentioning. The bitterness, yeah, because I think like Inoki, almost part of that, the concept of strong style and the concept of the king of sports was um somebody like Inoki thinking you can't tear down pro wrestling now that this is yes. like, you know it's like a chip on the shoulder kind of thing and a lot maybe not so much Inoki but like you look at other figures from that era somebody like um someone like Baba ah, someone John like Baba, yes. um Tenyu as yes. well right guys that came from other sports and perhaps like that's somewhat similar to the West as well. People that came from American football, people that came from baseball, people that came from sumo, that couldn't do those sports anymore, right? Yeah. For whatever reason, right? Of course. had injuries and that, that sent him into pro wrestling, right? So there was a sense of perhaps I've had this prior life taken away from me and now I'm in this, you know, and they're uh, not necessarily a fan of pro wrestling until yes. they were in it. And it, it sort of made the, a sort of a gritty sort of, uh, violence to a lot of what they were doing. But you see that, especially with Tenu, right? Whereas, like, when that transitions into Heisei, now you have well, people that grew up with Tenu. Before we go to Heisei, though, I think one of the big transitions probably was Satoru Sayama becoming Tiger Mask. Mm. Because that was really the game changer. So when, yeah. I, when I was watching, um, New Japan, um, I always remember my father would record Tiger Mask anime. Yeah. And you're capturing children. So you're getting out of the bitterness towards mm. the end of, mm. of Showa mm. and you're entering into Heisei. Yeah. But now you have this cartoon that's getting painted on the hearts on all children. Yeah. Tiger Mask. Yeah. And it's kind of ending the bitterness and bringing a sweetness 
and bringing the rise of the junior division at the same time. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And it's so important to have like the the children that were watching then. Yes. The kids that were, and like, um, you know, back then New Japan was, was prime time. So a lot of kids like watching that and then getting into the wrestling business during Heisei. So like after school, you have the cartoon. Yeah. Tiger, Tiger Mask anime. And then primetime television, you have wrestling to watch with the family. Yeah, right. So you had guys like, um, you know, the, the three musketeers in yeah. Muto, Chuno, Chuno. Chono, Hashimoto. Yes. Um, you know, people that had watched wrestling and had watched all of those guys taken that in. Now I love that I'm going to be a pro wrestler. So it's a very different mindset for a lot of those guys, I think. Well, they're embracing without the bitterness. Right. And they're, they're focusing more on the strong style at that point, I think. But their version of it, their version, their yes. version of it, like which wasn't, which wasn't perhaps a, a bitter, bitter style of it. No, but no, that not at was all. Was like I want to live up to that aspect, you know, that that sort of aspect of it, and like you know, I think Heisei started with that interesting. Like clash, the stylistic clash in the nineties, where you had uh, strong style in New Japan, then you had yes. Kings Road in All Japan, which was kind of very different. I think like that was where you saw maybe wrestling in Japan develop into a medium instead of a genre. Yes, you know what I mean. Where I think like um, especially in the early stages of wrestling in 70s and the and the 80s it was very influenced well, by the american product see the thing though is what a lot of people always say oh new japan is a niche niche product but actually it it was a nationwide love sport yeah yeah yeah. And never it, a niche but it was all of those new japan all japan iwe yes. as well were very heavily influenced by the foreigners that were there at the time well who were they they were and, abdullah the butcher stan yeah. Hanch, and the british right, bulldogs right. so you saw those guys really influence that style and then in the the Heisei period and in the 90s, you saw that sort of become more of its its own thing, I think, within Japan. But it makes me think like, okay, so now what is Leiwa? What is Leiwa Progress? Well, I think the new Musketeers, as they were dubbed, first, before we go into Reiwa, we should touch base a little bit with Tanahashi, Shibata, and Nakamura and mm-hmm. how they've, they've influenced who might be our future. Yeah. I think I wonder, I mean, I think you have guys, I think you're going to see people follow people who follow different people. <laughs> that sounds terrible, right? Yeah. <laughs> people who follow different guys in the, in the Heisei era will, will set them into different parts because I think you are going to have the guys that followed Tanahashi and you look at like a, a Tanahashi and there's a through line right or Tanahashi came from Muto came you know it's like yes. Fujinami begot it's like reading the bible right <laughs> <laughs> Fujinami begot Muto and Muto begot Tanahashi and yes. Tanahashi begot Sho you know and like so there's that line or like Chono begot Tetsuya it's almost right? like a lineage of kings right um, but then also you have somebody like Koto Ibushi who was his own, he was a fan of New Japan at the time. Yes. But he didn't take to a dojo style of training and trained himself because he, his thinking was, 
if I go to the New Japan Dojo, then I will do everything exactly like a New Japan guy, and I won't be who Kota Ibushi is. Recently, I've been watching a lot of Game of Thrones, especially with the new season, and Kota Ibushi kind of reminds me of Jon Snow. He doesn't really know anything, but eventually, you know, he's going to be king. I think... <laughs> it does a disservice. Well, I think Kota Ibushi knows a lot about professional wrestling. <laughs> I don't think he knows much about, like, getting from town to town. <laughs> Remembering his passport. <laughs> like, um, yeah, so uh, I think we saw Heisei Pro Wrestling become more creative and I think they were more creative again you know it was um shows I listened to shows podcast recently yes and he was talking about coming into best of the super juniors where um the, he thought that the key for him is to not compare junior and heavyweight and we've kind of lapsed into it during this podcast talking about, you know, guys that could be junior, guys that could be heavyweight. And he was like, what we need to do is make something completely different and of its own and make junior, right, you know, do things like best of the super junior, make something that's very different. I think like, well, that's, that, that's going to fall to this new generation of guys is to create something that's new. So yeah, I mean, so much exciting stuff to come through through day well. but uh yeah that's we've we've gone a little bit long on the history side of things uh this week but if it is um something that uh that the people listening want to hear more of then uh do reach out um in fact i know hopefully we'll we'll have a couple of of guests coming over the next few weeks of the podcast but this is still sort of the embryonic stages of something that we're doing with this so like i want to hear from as many people as possible in terms of what you know they they want us to talk about if you send any questions that's not necessarily uh you know somebody will read everything that gets sent right, in yes. terms of questions and things maybe we might not get to it for a little while but we'll get to something originally, you know, eventually if it's a, a cool talking point. So uh, do reach out in the comments that are underneath. Now we have podcast posts on the website. So like put those in there or get to us on Twitter. Um, I'm at ReasonJP at NJPW Global. Eventually I will be on Twitter, which I don't really want to be. Um, oh, come on now. My previous job, I had no SNS. Mm. For 21 years, I've managed to avoid SNS. Mm-hmm. And now I might have an official Twitter account. Yeah. If I can avoid it, I won't. Um, <laughs> but that reminds me, one of the most important things right now is Southern Showdown. We have two shows, one in Melbourne, one in Sydney. Meet and greets are going to be announced. Hopefully, by the time you hear this podcast, they will have already been announced. The card is outstanding. And I encourage all of our Australian fans to attend live to show that you represent, you support New Japan. G1 um, in Dallas. Tickets are on sale now. We warmly welcome you to attend. And finally, Royal, oh, Royal Crest as well. Yeah, this is where we go down the line. This, it worked well in Dontaku because we had like Rocky was Rocky was next to Kevin. Yes. And then it was Gino and then it was me. So like Kevin would do this thing of like New Japan all the way around the world instead of the American, the I, the Australian guy. Everything all represented. Exactly right. It was almost as if it was planned that way. Um, yes, uh, Royal Quest in the copy box, August 31st. And that's, that's one of those things where like, I know, like, you know, I mean, Chris, Southern Showdown is, is coming up right around the corner. So you kind of have to promote to 
everything in in chronological order but i mean i'm sure we're going to have like big news about royal crest like really soon as well very right? soon yeah. well with southern showdown one of the things is i'm able to get the referees the announcers it's going to be a full-on new japan production for royal quest i have one request right now chris yeah can i have you on that show i would love to be on that show that so would be amazing yeah, I, I will be you can put me in the i am in the advert aren't i it's good, isn't it? <laughs> it's good, isn't it? Um, yes, so uh, all of that information, all of that good stuff, njpw1972.com. We want to urge people to go to the website um, because so much good stuff has been on the website of late. Uh, Recently, a lot of new English content as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So much good stuff. I'm, I mean, like, there's sort of previews at a glance, uh, previews for every single Best of the Super Juniors card are up there going up there every single day um so many interviews we had um lance archer had a great interview on there shingo takagi had a great interview on there doki and uh taichi will osprey um so so much like really great stuff that you can only get uh by looking at the website so njpw1972.com and i guess we're going to sign off now so in the meantime and in between time that's it for the new japan podcast this week okay can you all say now